Well, thank you so much for joining, Stephen, and for taking the time um, to meet with us today. Oh, no worries. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So welcome to another episode of Tales from the Rift. I'm Jen. I play the reporter August Potts on the scripted podcast series uh, Portoville. I'm John. I produce and write the show. Uh, I play Detective Jack Redshirt in season two, the grizzled veteran. <laughs> oh, so we haven't done interviews for a while, but side note, I have been working on some stuff with some people, some big names. Hopefully we'll get them the project's bought soon, but that's our excuse for not having an interview for a couple months here, so. Okay, well, it's been a while and we're back uh, with a new guest in the bloody wake of Shark Week. So join us today, uh, filmmaker Steven Scarlato, whose documentary Shark Exploitation hits shutter today, today, yeah. right awesome. now. Yes. Um, so Steven, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, Stephen, can you define shark exploitation for us and tell us what your documentary is all about? Like the term shark exploitation? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, um, exploitation is a type of genre movie where, oh man, this sucks because the first one that comes to my mind is nunsploitation where it was a bunch of movies centered around nuns. Oh, uh, that's bad. And then what else? Uh, exploitation movies are there there's many types of exploitation movies out there and uh and what happened is after the success of jaws everyone started to create like aquatic creature movies and shark movies and then that's what spawned into like shark exploitation the genre starts happening like when one property gets big then all of a sudden when people start jumping on it and creating multiple products it's usually becomes like exploitation and i can't think of other examples there's so many exploitation like a doll like a raggedy ant yeah. doll I like a raggedy it's haunted. yes or here's another example uh, Mario Van Peebles, his dad, Melvin Van Peebles, made this movie in the 70s, uh, this black independent movie that made a lot of money. So a lot of people started to make a lot of movies for black audiences. And then those movies became black exploitation. Yeah, like Shaft and stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's probably one of the most well-known of like the exploitation genres. But but those were just movies with you know, but anyway, yeah, but yeah, there's 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 quite a bit more like out there, like spaghetti westerns, like after the good, the bad, the ugly, they started doing, you know, the Italians started remaking, uh making a lot of uh westerns and they started exploiting. Yeah, it's like a genre, yeah. It's like when something comes out and it's big, all of a sudden there's like a wake of yeah, most sometimes lesser movies so does it seem like it has sort of like a negative or a positive connotation to it to you well yeah it's definitely it feels like uh i mean well shark exploitation definitely seems negative because when i was making the movie it was i kind of hid the name of the movie from a lot of the people because i didn't want them to see because i didn't want them to judge what i was making because in reality i knew what i was making i wanted to show all the sides of it, you know, and it's such a, you know, and, and, you know, I always heard the term shark exploitation, but 
when I started making the movie itself and putting it on the release form, I was like, wow, man, that word does look kind of ugly now, <laughs> especially when you're just so deep in a movie like this and, you know, you want to show every aspect of it, you know, the fun and the ugly of it, you know? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, when you're a kid and you're learning about these movies, it's fun. But as you get older and you start, I guess, as I got older and started making this movie and I'm looking at the term I'm like, oh, yeah, now it really does fit the uh, the thing of it. Yeah. And especially when I first started shooting it, I was shooting interviews with filmmakers. And the more and more I look at the word now, the more and more I was realizing how much more I need to touch on the actual how much it really did mean. It's not only that it was a shark exploitation for them taking advantage of Jaws's success, but it was also what they were doing to the sharks themselves started becoming more apparent. That, that was shocking to me. Like we screened your film last night and I'm like, I don't want to spoil too much stuff for people, but some of the way they're treating those animals was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to think there, you know? And it's, it's <laughs> conflicting because, you know, I like my generation grew up with this fear of sharks because of Jaws and it's this classic mm-hmm classic movie that people just love but at the same time am i bad for loving it you know so it's just kind of like this conflict now yeah i want to remark on that too like i'm extremely afraid of sharks (laughs) because of that movie like like no joke so we went to san diego we're talking to your pr lady before i'm not gonna start killing the sharks though no but okay so i grew up in the 80s right and my parents were like oh you like sharks you like to research them and read about them you should watch Jaws. And I'm like in grade school, like like first or second grade, I saw Jaws and I've been scared of the ocean. We were just in San Diego on Carlsbad Beach. And three days prior, which this doesn't help my fear, there was a great white shark sighting, right? So we're there trying to swim in the ocean. And my fear was just like amplified because there's like helicopters flying by. There's like the, the boats going by, just making sure there's no sharks. And at first we're like, why does a helicopter keep flying by? Is that like a news helicopter? And then we Googled, she's like, oh, there's a great white shark out here like a couple of days ago. And I'm like, this is as far as I'm going out. My knees are touching the water. That's it, you know? <laughs> well, that's, that's a, I mean, d- dude, that's, that's good to have that type of respect. Uh, my wife and I went on our honeymoon. It was like a decade ago. Uh, no, it wasn't, yeah, it was a long, maybe 10 years ago we went to Hawaii. And I'm this, I, it was like the first time I was in the ocean in years and I'd be in the ocean for a few minutes. And I'm like, I'm good. And I'd step out, you know, there's only so much I can take of it because I'm scared. I'm scared of sharks. And then I learned, like, I think a couple of years later, looking back at that summer, it was like the summer of the most shark, shark attack or slash encounters Hawaii had. So maybe it was like a good thing that I wouldn't stay in the water for as long, but you know, but it's like, but you know, it's like, I don't, you know, I have respect for sharks. I understand it's their home. And, you know, if you're going into the ocean, that's that, you know, you respected it and that's the way you have to be. You know, there's this crazy YouTube video of this dude jumping off of a dock. And then when he's in the water, a shark was around there and he had to like hide behind poles and make himself. Oh, to- I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Dude, that was like riveting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, you just have to be careful. It's just like when you go camping, bears, you know, you just have to be careful and respect it. You know, I just hate the way the media portrays it, you know? Yeah. And I wonder, like, if not for, like, the way the media portrayed all these films like Jaws or, you know, like Great White, that poster behind you, 
Yes. Would I be so afraid? Because we went to Costa Rica several years ago, and down from us was this island. It's like one of the most heavy hotspots for shark activity. But we went snorkeling on this party boat <laughs> a little ways away. But you're down there, and the water's beautiful, but at a certain distance, you can't see anymore. So mm-hmm. I kept like looking in my periphs, like what's going to come out of the shadows at me, you know? And you're helpless. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Splash, make it worse. You know, like yeah. you're helpless to these big creatures. You don't, you're, you have no control over what they're going to do. They're in charge, you know? And, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's not like a super common cause of death by shark, you know, like mosquitoes would be the big one, but you're, but you still have that, like, just because it's been exploited as much as you've said, you know, now we have this heightened sense or like this heightened fear that doesn't necessarily correlate to real life, you know, like you can swim around and odds are you'll be fine, you know, but at the same yeah. time, don't tamper with it, you know, like don't poke, don't poke the bear. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And then, Oh, back to the Carlsbad beach story. So there was also some dude was like wakeboarding or what do you call it? Like when he had the paddle boat thing. Yeah. He went out on a paddleboat past the waves. And I knew at this point, there's the great white shark thing going on. And then after a while, I look back and his board's just floating there. And I'm like, this guy hasn't come up for a long time. What's going on? <laughs> and we were watching and the dude must have like swam to shore and left his, his paddleboard out anchored, which was really bizarre. I've never seen that happen, but I'm like, I think this dude got eaten by the shark. I'm not going back in there for a while. He came back. He was fine. <laughs> The paranoia, I know. It's I'm paranoid too. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so should we feel that conflict when we're watching shark exploitation, where it's like we should have compassion for these large creatures, but then under you know understand that we're terrified because of all of these movies that we've seen. It's just, it's just. I don't, I think you should just enjoy it for what it is. Um, I think. In the documentary, we have the director of The Reef who made this terrifying movie, absolutely terrifying movie about these people, based on a true story about these people whose boat is sinking and they decide to jump in the water and swim. And it's all from their POV in the ocean looking around and then a shark starts circling them. And what he says, you know, he's a surfer. He's in the water every day and he just respects them. But at the same time, too, you're also making entertainment. And it's just about the viewer, you know, just, yeah, just take it for what it is. But it's, but it's also, I don't even know if it's as much as the movies, but I think it's worse with the way the media portrays it. And uh, on when you go through YouTube and you see those little thumbnails of shark attack, they have this exaggerated yeah. shark not to eat a swimmer and they want you to <laughs> click on it. The way the news is constantly, it's attack and it's attack and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's awful, but I think entertainment is entertainment, you know? And I think Jaws comes out, it was an accident. Like Spielberg made too good of a movie, Uh you know, the famous story, the shark didn't work. And what happened was Steven Spielberg stuck there with his writer and they're able to craft such strong characters and such a riveting movie because they had extra time. They made too good of a movie that messed with people and you know he didn't want that to happen peter eventually didn't want want that to happen it's just you know it just messed with people's minds it draws forever that's why i don't go in the ocean is because it draws that's what messed <laughs> up. and that was another reason why i wanted to explore it and talk about thoracic i can't say i have dyslexia so i can't say that word that we touch on thoracophobia 
the fear of the ocean, you know, and stuff like that. Well, we don't know what's in there. We, we exactly. explored like what, 10% of it. We don't know. It's yeah. terrifying. But I think we can now go to space, we can't go to the ocean. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other, that's the other thing. I, I'm terrified of space horror movies because you have nowhere else to go. But, uh, but that's the cool thing I think about the asylum movies today is just that they made sharks silly. And I think sharks, but you know, we do have like the 47 meters down, which is a great movie in the shallows, but I do like now that they're, they're much more silly. I think now in pop culture, thanks to the asylum mega shark and shark, the puss. Sharknado. Yeah. Shark Sharknado. That's the one. Shark the puss is Roger Corman. So Not. you mentioned uh, the reef. Uh, you had a special guest on from the reef. What other uh, special guests um, was it really great working with on set, or have any experiences with on set? Um. Well, I'll, wow. There was a. I mean, it was cool to hang out with Joe Dante, the director of Piranha. Because I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, the guy made Gremlins, and you know, he he was very charming and nice to us. And the first thing he asked when I went there, and we out of equipment he's like what are you doing this what are you doing what is this he just didn't understand what we were doing it was really funny um he was really cool it was cool to do roger corman because that was the first paycheck i ever made was on a roger corman movie so it was really nice to have him in the movie um there was you know wendy eventually was was amazing it was we went to new york to get her we're in la we traveled to new york and we got her and she was incredible um and we got the director of open water that same trip it's just and then mario van peebles was incredible he was so nice and friendly to us you know he was awesome there was a lot of people we were very humbled to have a lot of these people agree to be in our film you know it was very difficult trying to get people to talk because they didn't they don't know what you're doing they don't you know because you know and then when you like I said I was in the emails I kept the title away from them <laughs> you know and it wasn't you know it was sneaky but I just didn't want to I just but you know I, I wanted as long as they saw my original documentary I did called Jodorowsky's Dune that's what I was just trying to tell them is like I respect artists and I respect cinema I'm not looking to exploit anything. I just want to tell the story. And I was very thankful they trusted me. And the other cool thing was we got those marine biologists. They were great to interview and they were great to hang out with. Really cool. Really cool. You yeah, know. you want, it's, it's like a delicate balance because you want that unbiased, what is your experience, opinion without them sort of having an idea of, well, are you going to use this in a good way or a bad way? You know, like, what are you doing with it? But you, it's like a balance of where you want to reassure them. It's fine. Just tell me what you really feel. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. difficult to do. Well, no, especially these poor marine biologists, but I'm not asking them about Megalodon, you know? <laughs> they're like, really? <laughs> like, are yeah, you making us look weird? What are you doing? Yeah. Should yeah. Tell me but... how you really feel or not. <laughs> <laughs> but they were nice. They answered and they were honest. And they, were, they were great. They were really cool. Did you ask how believable the Meg 2 trailer is? Oh, yeah. this was way before that, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this was, uh, I think we stopped shooting last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, that was no Meg 2 yet out, or a cocaine shark. So there's a <laughs> definitely couldn't bring up, unfortunately. This new genre that I'm starting to realize it was, it went from, sil it went from like serious movies in the 80s and 70s, and then you got the uh, silly stuff in the 2000s. I mean, the 2010s. 
And now it's let's feed drugs to animals. That's the new <laughs> thing. Meth Gator and the raccoon yeah. crack movie is coming out. Yeah, so. Raccoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah. I'm interested. You know? I'm gonna watch them all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, ah, that looks dumb. Let's watch that. I'm gonna see it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Who would have thought? Well, I want to make the one where the we, where the animal eats a lot of weed and it's just a, it's just doesn't want to do anything. It's like I'm not gonna attack. I saw the cocaine bear movie. I was entertained. That was fun. I was pretty entertained. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I Wish laughed. Trailer... I probably shouldn't yeah. have laughed, but I did. So, wish the trailer didn't give away too much. That's the one thing that bummed me out. Yeah, yeah, but it was like Ray Liotta's last movie, so you got to see it regardless uh, yeah. of whatever it was, anyway. So, oh, absolutely, legend. yeah, legend for sure. Well, I think we got one last question. We know we got places to be. Um, what do you think drives the public's fascination with shark films? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't, I mean, I, I don't really, it's like for myself, I think our generation, what I learned, it, it's Jaws. But what's interesting, like when I interviewed, like in our film, we have like Misty Tally in there. And we have the incredible, incredible Emily Zarka. I think it was like Jurassic Park is what like inspired a lot of the the newer people. Newer people, what am I saying? Like uh, that generation is inspired by Jurassic. Like my generation is Jaws. Then then is the Jurassic Park generation. But then they got into the, the this genre as well. I, I I don't know. And then and then you know what? And then I'm talking to like one of my friends who has kids, and Sharknado got them into sharks like hardcore got them into sharks and they love shark movies now and that's all they want to watch because of the sci-fi movies because they're on tv all the time yeah. it's like i grew up with godzilla and there's a the gender the, the other gen this new new gen i gotta stop my old self how i'm talking you know the 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 sci-fi channel generation grew up with sci-fi channels like how i grew up with uh godzilla and it's cool that you know a silly movie like sharknado got all the these kids into sharks i love that i think that's really cool well you know to be fair our son he's six and he's never seen any of these shark movies but is obsessed with sharks and so he he doesn't have all of that shark exploitation background just like innate this is like a beast, like a dinosaur, because he loves dinosaurs, you know, and monsters and just that creative sort of imaginative, like what, you know, what is it? And so he just sees all these teeth, you know, and he's just like fascinated by this shark. And that's without seeing any of the movies. Um, so unless there's some liminal things out there, but it's- maybe I passed down my fear. Oh, it's your genetically. It's, ju- it's just in here, it's a genetic memory. <laughs> Well, I guess be very afraid. <laughs> well, the kids like Finding Nemo, the shark in that, and stuff like that. Yeah. There's the animated movies. Maybe that's where it's coming from. He, I, he first discovered it because of the Megalodon and Mosasaurus because he went down a rabbit mm-hmm. hole of dinosaurs. And oh, so that's cool. That's just like, it's, it's similar to a dinosaur in his mind where it's like that fascination. But then somehow as an adult, you're still like, you have that fascination, but it's real. There's actual sharks, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. That's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have a lot to watch when he gets older, so. Yes. He over wants to watch years. it, and we're like, hmm. 
No. My my parents made the mistake of letting me see Jaws, like I mentioned. And I seriously, I was in like first or second grade. It's too young. No. Yeah. I mean, that's like seven or eight years old, man. Shouldn't be seeing that. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I think I have every. I grew up in this. um, I was born in the 70s. So my my family. Yeah, I saw that in the theaters before, I think, kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Then when I was in the trailer, though, you know, you you mentioned it in your in your film that maybe it was like this is the first time there's been trailers. So maybe people didn't know like what to expect entirely. I think just parents in the 70s were just way different in the the 80s because they were just, you know, there was a lot of dis. There wasn't a lot to choose from. So and then my dad got to the point where, you know, before it came on HBO, Jaws would just be re-released in theaters that's what they would do with certain movies my dad would just come home from work and grab me and we just go see it and pick it up from wherever it's playing mm-hmm. you know well, so it was different I, before the pg-13 rating was born. Yeah, i was just going to mention that yeah. the ratings were way different so they mean even gremlins mm-hmm. was the reason they changed it to r right it was a little pg-13 r yeah no i, I saw that when i was young too they were like killing people no, in that movie dude pg that was pg yeah Anna jones was all pg and there's like people melting and stuff so <laughs> Yeah, that messed me up. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It was Gremlins and Temple of Doom was this one-two punch that started the PG-13 rating because my I went to see Gremlins in the theater and I, I will never forget, I didn't expect it to be that scary and yeah. there were parents nonstop bringing their kids out of the theater, leaving that screening. Like, I remember like it was yesterday. It was That was crazy. It's such a, ah, so good. Joe Dante. <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. Joe Dante, also Piranha. Yeah. Yep. Joe Dante, Piranha, Gremlins. And we can also see Joe Dante in your film. Yes. And he talks about the Jaws sequel he was supposed to make that never came out. So, which was cool. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting documentary. We enjoyed it thoroughly. There was way more information than I thought there ever was so you really you really put together a lot um it's just it's just incredible how much research and time went into this and how many people went into this so yeah thank you yeah there was a lot of people we interviewed like over 30 i had up i have on my wall clark boards now it's like the new project is starting to appear but i had the history of shark movies on one cork board and I had all the genres and all the subjects on the other. And I had, I bought different color yarn and I had like an FBI profile all going. Yes. This whole entire wall was filled with like, like a police crime board. Yes. yes. Is it, it hard was. to take that down? Do you take a picture of it first? I should have. I'm bummed. I had to eventually because and then my wife, then she, that's what she was the one who like eventually saw. She's like, dude, this is now. <laughs> you're going, you know, and that happens in all those FBI movies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? you feel like you're going the next level crazy. Oh, it's yeah. always yeah. funny to see the crime boards in those movies, though, because like we'll watch like true crime on Netflix. And most of the time, they have like no way to catch these criminals. I'm like, where are they finding all these clues in the movies? You know what I mean? Like the last one we saw, I was like, they're just turning themselves in. This dude killed like 20 people and he just turned himself in and that's how they caught him. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's no way he would have been caught. Mm -hmm. In real life, it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. But I digress. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) That's all good. (laughs) 
but yeah, but thank so, you. Yeah, so yeah, do you much. have any um, upcoming projects or anything that you wanted to share? Um, oh yeah, just uh, I have a podcast called Best Movies Never Made that um, my producer of Sharks Station I do with his name is Josh Miller. He wrote the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. We okay. we talk about movies that were never made. Uh, that's that we just started that back up. Um, I'm doing I'm producing a documentary about movie novelizations. Uh, the cinematographer of my movie, Jim Coons. He's directing it and it's about movie novelizations, like how the movie comes out and then you turn the movie into a book versus the book comes out and you turn it into a movie. It's about these authors that have to turn 90 page screenplays into 300 page books and how it's, it's kind of known as trash literature, but it's still an art form that a lot of people like myself love because you'll find missing scenes and all kinds of crazy stuff in these books. And yeah, and just give a shout out to my other producer, Carrie Dignam Roy. I hope to work with her again on another doc. She huge help with this movie, huge help. Um, she directed a, she produced a lot of great documentaries, like the Psycho Shower documentary, a whole documentary that just focuses on the the uh, Psycho Shower scene. So, but yeah, my podcast and uh, hopefully, you know, whenever I finish this beast, another beast of a documentary about movie novelization. So those are my two things at the moment. And my new cork board is starting a new one. I can't really talk about that one yet. <laughs> well, maybe I haven't you put the a picture of it before you tear it down this yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> this time I have to. I should have done that. I'm so mad. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, but yeah, but taking it down was crazy. It's like, ah, yeah, sad. Thank you guys so much for the time. We really, really yeah. appreciate it promoting the film. Yeah, we're getting hooked off stage here. Amy's telling us to go, I think. <laughs> you guys are great. Thank That's you. Your thank you. Yeah, thank you so much um, yep, for joining us. Everyone go watch our exploitation on Shutter now. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you. Thanks, thank David. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.